0: Hello and welcome to No Stupid Answers. I'm Zareen. Each week I get to pass the mic to incredible people to share their journey and how they stay authentic in their craft. From this, we learn key skills to apply in our own world. Today we have Muhammad Malik, co-founder of Ramadan Legacy, coach and now a venture associate at Year Here. He's passionate about enabling others in his mission to support social enterprises. We'll be speaking about what productive procrastination is, understanding our learning style, how we can overcome negative self-narratives and how we can continue to bring our whole selves to work.
1: My background in, in finance, so I studied accounting and finance at university thereafter i got onto the graduate scheme at deloitte so working in audit and after that i worked in uh, qib uk which is a, an, a, an islamic bank for a, short, for a short for a short while before deciding that i want to give startup um the startup life ago and that's um when I went down kind of like the whole idea of like building your own startup and I joined uh, forces with my friend Shabazz and um, became the co-founder of Ramadan Legacy and uh, now uh, what I love doing I'm I'm also a coach for early stage entrepreneurs and I work at a company called Year Here which is basically a platform for entrepreneurs who want to tackle problems that matter Mm. in the UK and my my role there is helping um, the the development of ventures and startups that come out of uh, the program that really want to uh, have a social impact in the UK.
0: Amazing so you mentioned you went from lots of freelancing of coaching and then now you're doing supporting startups what inspired you first to go into that in the first place? Mm.
1: Very 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 interesting question i guess looking back from like school time
0: mm.
1: since since i was a kid like my my drivers have always been the one to help others mm. and um sometimes at, at one time uh, you know during uh, sixth form that was translated into wanting to go into medicine so mm. wanting to physically hands on help people but then when i re- when i didn't get in to to med school uh, that's when i kind of took a gap year and I reassess re, re, and then that was time for me to like reassess what options are really tangible uh, for me whereby I'm not only want to do but I'm also good at and I maybe qualify for better and that's when I came across the idea of finance and entrepreneurship and how essentially through those means you can help people a lot you can contribute to charity you could even do philanthropic enterprise and philanthropic startups and that's when um I went down the route of um, first, uh, studying accounting and finance and learning about business, and then mm-hmm. going down the startup route. And then I, and now that progression is now turned into social enterprise. So building companies that from the from from day dot from like the outset from the very beginning are socially driven so as as the revenue increases for these companies so does the impact so does the goodness and everything that they do Mm. increases proportionally with with their with their revenue basically
0: Mm. so that sounds quite intense is it how do you manage that every day because there is the potential for it to fail so Mm. what's your expectations when you go into it
1: that's a really good um question in terms of like it being quite a bit so working in startups so the definition of startups according mm-hmm. to um the lean startup methodology which is something I'd I'd recommend uh mm-hmm. listeners to check out which is kind of like the de facto method the um way that a lot of these companies are born right it's through this very scientific way just like very similar to the scientific method and it's called lean startup so according to the lean startup framework a startup is basically an institution of that of uncertainty you're like nothing is certain there's like so many questions and you're just and it's a temporary institution Mm. um, that is built on basically a lot of chaos, a lot of things going on, a lot of testing happening. So when we work, people working in startups often say that it's quite demanding. There's like Mm. a lot of time that that, you have to put in and a lot of elbow grease in order Mm. to get things off the ground. So yeah, definitely. I I would, I would second that and say that when you work and develop your own company, Mm. you're essentially committing a lot of your emotional energy and everything into that mm. but as you may find when looking into like instagram looking at like people that um i don't know like Gary Vee or like those in the in the startup mm. world they will say that you putting in your energy and effort initially will hopefully pay off loads later on so mm. whereas if you compare that to like a 9 to 5 or like a standard job in the city mm. that's like much more steady you got your structured days and you know what you're doing you got your very clear goals and objectives but then when when we're working in a startup then it's Mm. like we're doing we have to wear so many different hats as you can see man's (laughs) butt a hat right now sorry guys this is a
0: let's explain the hat
1: what is the hat the hat yeah it's a part so very very good question so I I never (laughs) used to have I never had a personal brand as such Mm. prior to 2019 and I think 2019 is when I was like I started Coaching and delivering workshops, and I adopted a certain way of of looking and 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 talking and just like dealing. So a bit of it is like hat, glasses, beard man, right? <laughs> beard guy, the brown guy with with the with the with the beard, glasses, and hat. Basically, so it's a yeah. part of like the personal branding, and, and that kind of, I guess for some people like there's this really really good marketer on linkedin Mm. she's got like purple hair and that's her thing and then all of her like slides powerpoints everything is like purple and like electric basically and it looks consistent like, yeah, consistent mm. exactly so i guess for me my personal branding is is uh, is this kind of like docker docker hat which i take with me and it's like my thinking cap at the same time um but yeah that's that's basically me so we went into like personal branding and stuff no like that. i love uh, that
0: this is what it's all about so yeah. you mentioned that it's quite a chaotic environment does that reflect the same as your personality then or have you always been this way or do you just adapt with every job you go into?
1: Well, I, I keep saying really good questions <laughs> because literally every single question you're ans- asking is, is is top tier and it's like elicits so much um, kind of like thought. Feels. <laughs> feels, exactly. It got, it got me in my feels. Shout out to Drake. And I'm just thinking like, OK, so my per- I think what some of the things that I admit, guilty i'm guilty of is this thing called shiny object syndrome what does that mean mm. and it's a lot of us we uh, uh, that mm, says it all right yeah. it's, it's like a gen z millennial thing potentially which is we we love when something looks really nice and then we go, go towards it and then we you know work in that or do that little project for a while and then boom tired let's just go to something else and then something else so I feel looking in retrospect mm. captain hindsight out here but I'm just looking back and thinking yeah potentially that was some of the the driving force was a bit of that like oh that looks shiny ooh that looks mm. shiny so so some so a lot, I I do find a lot of us uh, a lot of people that are in this startup field they they are drawn by the shininess mm. but then there has to be something that, that then sticks and then then be, uh, then that's when you go into like longevity and building up a startup into what we call a scale up which Mm -hmm. is like the next level it's like now you've got you know stability you've got a team and you're building this idea and it's not just something not a shiny startup or like a little concept that you're that you're toying with now it's you're 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 in the big girl and the big boy and the big person league (laughs) basically so Amazing. That's what I So shiny object syndrome is okay, mm. but then once you've once you've dabbled in things and then mm. be like, okay, this is what I want to do. You should come to that and then stick to something and then have that grit and tenacity to then take it to the next level because it's not always going to be sunshine and ra- rainbows, as Sylvester Stallone beautifully <laughs> said, said. So um yeah, that's basically yeah, very good question about personality versus like yeah. That.
0: yeah. You're coming up with so many quotes. Okay, um, I'm excited for the next one to follow this question. My sort of uh, now my thoughts are: what was the biggest challenge for you, just generally, that mm. you think held you back sometimes or made it a bit difficult to get into this field?
1: Yeah, very good. Um, again uh question
0: (laughs) we'll (laughs) just all this very good question very good question exactly yeah
1: exactly I'm like yeah no it's honestly like I've done a few um different random podcasts and then like I was Mm. like wow this this is yeah very good questions actually um so with with this particular um issue of like what are those stumbling blocks or like Mm. those challenges for me I think looking at like working at Deloitte working on like spreadsheets and numbers and the The thing I I didn't realise until later on when I actually had a test done, which is like a neurodiversity test at Deloitte, was I I have I have some sort of a dyspraxia, like um, which is like a neurodiversity, um, whereby I I'm really good at some things, as as the same case with like dyslexia, which is you'd be really good at um at some things and then others you may need, you may not be strong strong at, but there's always workarounds, there's always ways that you could, um you know, communicate this to those people that you're working with, and then also find tools and software and like things that can support you. And particularly for me, I found it is like dealing with dates and scheduling things. If we're talking about a, a, a large volume of, um, you know, for example, like a program that we're trying to put together, and then dealing with dates and stuff like that, for me, it was very difficult. And, like, that's a very niche thing to, 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 to pick on. But the workaround has been doing something visual right and then as an example with like social media before like you know there were things like buffer and and stuff like that we'd have to schedule out posts for like Facebook groups for like Instagram and stuff like do it pretty manually and then make sure we're, we're we're doing it consistently and then then you can you know there's a tool like buffer whereby you can visually map out your entire um, social media strategy, and that that would help so much with somebody like myself who, mm-hmm. who who's not too strong um, with with yeah scheduling out and and doing these things. So so yeah, I'd say for me one of the key things that I wasn't aware of at all was, was this kind of like neurodiversity issue uh, of dyspraxia and Mm. workarounds are there. We just have to look for them and, and simultaneously also build up our self awareness of how do we work. And that only comes through actual practice and going out and doing things. So, so at the same time, keep a log keep a diary of, of, of like you know how do you study well or mm-hmm. what are the things that are making it difficult for you why is this difficult and then and then yeah some of that may be unpacked by do, going for a test of like neurodiversity mm-hmm. and seeing if you've got dyspraxia or dyslexia or something like that.
0: Sure mm. that's really quite moving because I think mm. how did you feel when you found out you had it because you're such a hard worker and then to find out that you have something that might be mm. perceived as incompetence in a in a form, how did you feel mm. receiving
1: the, the, it? This is where I've got a bit of like an internal dialogue going on, as in mm. how to, how to like encapsulate that, how to, how, how to build a self-narrative around that. So initially when I first found out, it was like a relief. It was kind of like, mm. okay, that's why I was actually doing, a, going a lot slower in my revision than even my mates who have, dyslexia and knew they have dyslexia Mm. and that was for example like biology or like um, chemistry uh, GCSEs and A-levels I'm spending twice or thrice the amount of time to process something Mm. than my friend and in the same place as me who's got dyslexia and I and and apparently he's obviously he says he's slower than his friends Mm. than than our friends. So I I realized okay that's the reason why it wasn't something wrong with me. I'm just different. So that's one aspect. Mm. But then again, the other thing where I talk about like that narrative is it's really important for us to be like take ownership and be like, look, I'm not gonna let this label be attached to me and then like stop that prevent me from doing things because I remember a beautiful um example of a person who had a specific neurodiversity challenge or like a difference that made her very uh, made it difficult for her to uh, to grasp new languages mm-hmm. but she made it a personal mission of hers to just be a polyglot um mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it right yeah. and uh polyglot right and, then, and I think polyglot polyglot i Polygot. think
0: but maybe we're both wrong it's gonna be embarrassing
1: yeah, exactly oh. po- po- i think it's polyglot and she she, she just did a she did it like a double or a triple masters in like three different languages and she's yeah so she's made that her best solution. so drive has to still be there and not labeling yourself not allowing that to to, to turn into a defeatist attitude or settling mm. with your own yeah, but still always uh, aiming aiming for, for yeah extreme ownership is one one buzzword I'd like to you know throw out there. But yeah. You can look into um, uh, I forgot the person personal development dude, um, but yeah, just making making sure that you're you're looking after yourself. You're realizing why a certain issue is, but at the same time, yeah, mm. always aiming to be the best and whatever you want, you can achieve it. That growth mindset one one.
0: Mm. <laughs> How open are you about that do you share that you have dyspraxia with your colleagues at all or is it mm. something you just deal with and you just you're not very open about it
1: yes yeah, so my personality type unfortunately and I'm working on this is like I'm a people pleaser right mm. so I'll be like yeah of course, yes 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 Everything we're all is, like this
0: actually I've yeah, got
1: this problem mm. yeah and I feel like when I'm given a you know we, we share tasks and stuff like that then I'll, I'll be like yes of course I'll, I'll do this and even though i have communicated to um, yeah those members of my team who i work with like you know initially about yeah i do have dyspraxia but i haven't really spoken about what the, what that entails mm. and i've just like touched on yeah like you know um certain things like oh that may be because of um my dyspraxia that i didn't didn't like grasp that like in, in that form like that data didn't come to me the way that it would do for other people mm. but yeah I think I'm also guilty of this not of, of not communicating this and what it entails like you can say that oh yeah I've got I'm, I'm dyslexic but then you mm. have to also um you know add that description as to like what does that actually entail and what support do you need and that also comes mm. with the the point that i mentioned earlier about mm. self-awareness so they go hand in hand build that self-awareness and then communicate it as well where you need mm. and yeah just don't let that people pleasing uh nature that we all we, a lot of us tend to have mm. um make you feel like you have to show up and do everything um without yeah without communicating your the needs that you may have uh, various and and employers now especially should be very open to that and realize that you know neurodiversity literally uh, there's studies to show this um mm. diversity and neurodiversity they literally increase the bottom line they increase the profits of organizations so it's something that is in the in the best interests of organizations and yourself so don't mm. feel like you have anything you're you're you know you're any worse but you've got something to, you know to, to add to bring to the table no matter how whatever your diversity is
0: sure yeah. you have a big background in supporting others and creating opportunities and creating something out of nothing with lots of different companies or different people what do you suggest to those who are struggling to find that passion or find their road to what they need to do Instead
1: mm. of being from employee to entrepreneur, as you are in a sense. Yeah, so really, like, there's the that concept of icky guy, which has been thrown <laughs> thrown on a, a lot, and you know, it's essentially doing what you're passionate about, also good at, and there's also a need for it in society. Mm. I think that's the golden ratio, as some people call it, or the golden rule, or something when it comes to work and career. Mm. I would say this itself requires some time to look at and I'd advise people to look into 80,000hours.org which is a website which is essentially putting together the academic research and practical implementation uh, um, kind of like research of academics at I think um, Oxford and Cambridge that that discussed and kind of like brought forth what the best use of one's time is to make the Mm. most of those 80,000 hours which translate to like the average time you spend in a career or a job Mm. so that may look like Different things for different people, but my my personal opinion is that for a lot of us, going with a passion may translate to starting your own enterprise, but it also may may translate as to enabling others to achieve their passions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what I've kind of felt with with my role as as a coach slash um, facilitator of entrepreneurs. That I'm like I want to help people change the world Mm. that's one of my wants but then i also on the side i want to also help others with um you know through products that would that would hopefully bring out you know the the spirituality and that spirituality Mm. that helps them be be their best self Mm. um so so the answer i think just just, I, i digress but coming back to um your question the key thing is to test different things right mm-hmm. to, to have a double at different things and realize what really lights your passions and and what really drives you what's that thing that mm-hmm. you could you could you could do uh and and you know have those low moments and still persevere still be like yes this is what gives gives me life a lot of people won't Mm. find that a lot of people will have to dabble quite a bit into different things in in order Mm. to 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 get that but at the same time yeah study things like 80,000 hours.org and realize like what are the best things for me to do Mm. in order to um achieve that 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 sense of bliss and purpose Mm. and it does come down to also another thing is is just to Really hone in on this concept of productive procrastination, we we like to call, which is when you're allowing your mind to to just soak in things. That could be in a walk. It could be like in the shower. When and it's a weird thing about the shower. It 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 forces our our brain into into a certain. I think it's a theta or a different state, Mm. which then. Allows us to really go deep within that deep work, that deep kind of like realizations come in. So allow yourself to go into that productive procrastination state, and um, really think about yeah, have a deep think of what are those things that really light your fire, mm-hmm. and then ikigai is that concept which then brings it together, which is your you, this is what you're passionate about, but then what are you good at, and then what does the world need as well, um, yeah, and then maybe as as an entrepreneur, or it may be as an enabler change as well so um, or yeah working at at an organization who your you know your values are in line with
0: so how much of yourself do you bring into your work as in your identity as a muslim Mm.
1: okay well okay so i think for me the intrinsic driver of going into social enterprise was kind of like for me a spiritual and a religious thing actually like in order to make my work my worship almost right so mm. that way what I'm doing is hopefully like worship and something that is helping others because one of the key sayings prophetic narrations of the sayings of the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him is the best of people of those who benefit mankind and there's another you know uh, version of that which is those who benefit mankind the most and it's kind of like looking at our you know um, as islam as it is it's mentioned (laughs) so many occasions and also like quite you know a consensus of 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 the from jurisprudence side is that the best action that you could do right that comes after any kind of like mandatory rights or things that, that you have to do is to help others so my whole driver is is spiritual Mm. and at the same time it's practical in the sense of how can we maximize philanthropy and looking at it from a while you know the 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 altruistic um what's it called effective altruism right which is Mm. a movement in itself but really looking at how to make the most impact is to sometimes it's not through charity it's, it's through it's, it's through social it's, it's through something that is self-sustaining mm-hmm. and whose impact increases with its kind of like work and, and revenue and for me that is social enterprise and I feel it's a much more sustainable and and uh, thing that, that doesn't require you know emotions it doesn't require you know donations and 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 bucket you know bucketing or as my my, my late tax professor used to call um people and all, all due respect to people who do this but they call, call them chuggers right charity mm. chuggers, people who 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 are making a lot of money by just you know a bucketing and stuff like that so of course you know it's, it's completely fine your, um, to do but yeah it's something from the wider angle wouldn't it be better to have something whereby you're not relying on donations, you're not relying on grants, you are developing a product which has social impact and itself it's you know the revenues that you generate you know allow you to be Mm self-sustaining so for me that was like potentially like according to my understanding this is the like um, what what translates into wanting to help others is for me it's it's through social enterprise And, and and just touching on what you're uh, going further in terms of kind of like intrinsic into practically what I do day to day. A lot of the values are, are, are there in terms of like, for example, the, the Me Too uh, whole movement and everything, everything like that kind of draw... Um, we learned a lot in terms of you know gender interactions and, and things like that and, and, and a lot of that you know islam has, has 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 kind of like given us prescribed for us like how to be even amongst you know this people of the same gender how to how to treat others with respect and and um, you know uh, all these issues of like equality and all that it's, it's all embedded within, within the philosophy uh, and teachings of, of Islam and, um, and also I try to bring that authenticity I think that's the key thing if I were to whittle it down into like okay mm-hmm. fine I'm, I, I'm trying not to say lewd things or like trying to you know back chat anybody because that's considered like one of the, you know, the, the worst sins is to, is to, is to back you know talk indirectly about somebody um so so i think transparency in terms of communication is another big one but also mm. just authenticity because one of the key things we're taught as muslims growing up like if there's any narration that we've learned and that is indeed actions are by intention so that intention and you know being very intentional with what we're doing and very purpose driven is what i think is is, is really key um, uh, that should, you know, should translate for all of all all Muslims into their workplace, so that we're not just doing work for the sake of work. We're actually seeing it as something with a greater purpose. And also the other concept that, I, that you know we can talk this, this can warrant its own podcast, almost like yeah. you know we can. I, I'm sure I would love to dabble into how your your ethics translate into mm-hmm. into your work ethic. But the other thing is the concept of amana, a trust mm-hmm. upon you, so that if you're working from home, nobody's watching you but you have this contract that you you know with your employer with your with your co-founder or whoever you're working with that I'm going to do my best I'm going to work um no no matter what my scenario is I'm going to put in my effort I'm going to do well and also you know strive in whatever you do right in whatever you do striving for like excellence in in Mm. everything that you do um and there's a narration to that like um lord the lord has written ha- has written for excellence in everything uh, and that's a narration from uh, i think it's in the 40 hadith of, of imam and nawawi as well It's mentioned over there so so yeah excellence amana and um yes uh, um as well which is um uh, being very intentional with what you're doing as well so those are kind of some, of the, some of the things there that i'd like to touch on but there's so much more
0: amazing you mentioned becoming the best you or the best self you can be what one piece of practical advice that you apply in your own life do you suggest we should all be doing as well
1: it's a very simple one and it's focusing on your breath in the mm. moment there's there's this quote by Rumi I believe and by the way like I'm, I'm quite cognizant of the fact that a lot of the quotes are not his but attributed to him yeah. so this may be the case with this one nevertheless it's a really good lesson it's like with every breath you have an opportunity to be reborn and what that means what for me is that we are our self narrative is basically who we are and if in a moment you're feeling down you're not feeling like your best self you could literally take one breath to just tune into that breath and just focus in the now where you are and realize that those thoughts that are making you feel down are just thoughts that just notions and figments of your imagination they're not real as such they're just some you know passing fleeting thoughts of the past the future they're not relating to what is happening right now and as soon as you Mm -hmm. tune into the now I believe you're building that foundation for to build your best self basically so that's my one hack is just to focus on your breath that incredible tool to just hone in on on this moment right now that you're in uh, and realize things aren't, aren't that bad
0: A huge thank you to Mohammed for sharing his experiences and being so honest with us. These kind of conversations should not be saved for one day. We need to be having them all the time. Next week, we have Cynthia Pong, a feminist career strategist, speaker and thought leader on a mission to get women of colour the money, power and respect they deserve. If you have any questions you'd like me to ask her, reach out to me on Instagram at NoStupidAnswers. Take care and see you next week.